Hello, and welcome to this podcast brought to you by My Chargeback, the global leader in resolving complex transaction disputes. I'm Ruben Elias, My Chargeback's Director of Media Relations, and we're speaking today with a former My Chargeback client from Canada who will call Dr. A. My Chargeback has an ironclad commitment to maintaining client confidentiality, so we're not going to identify you by name. But without getting into details, you're from a major urban area and you're a profession, right? That's correct, Ruben. And in fact, we can tell our audience that you're even affiliated with a university, right? Yes, I am. And what do you do there? I In educational psychology. Wow. So you're, you have a degree in psychology. Yes. Okay. And you're a father and I understand a grandfather also. Yes, I am. One lovely son who's a lawyer and two grandchildren. Very good. And okay, so tell us your story. How did you get into a complex dispute? Obviously, that wasn't your intention when it all began, right? Of course. No, it was not my intention. Um, I'm a very conservative um, person when it comes to money. And I do my investments very cautiously, et cetera. Uh, But then I needed extra for some medical care for my wife, which we could not get where I live. And I saw a video saying that your small amount can grow rather rapidly. Of course, my intelligence told me that it's not possible, but my emotions said, go ahead and invest. I did. And it seemed to be going pretty good, actually. And I figured in another year after I started, I I could get enough money from the initial investment and then take my wife to another place for um, treatment. So she had a health problem that required you to come up with some larger amount of cash that you didn't have on hand and you needed to make the cash that you had grow. It's correct. So you got in touch with these people whose ad you saw. What did they say to you? Uh, how, did they, how did they say it to you to convince you to take advantage of their offer? Well, for, yeah, first of all, they just said a couple hundred bucks. That'll do it. And so I, I did that. And then another guy, another level person came on and said, well, you know, if you put more, because look, and they kept showing me these graphs and these investment statements. Look what your thing is doing in a few weeks. If you put more, and every week they would say, put more, put more, put more. They built a trust with me and a connection that it just seemed that then they finally put me on to someone where I really trusted. And I just kept giving them more and more and more, hoping that it would get me enough for I could take my wife for the treat. So they really took advantage of, of your situation. And... I mean, you're a psychologist, so they really know psychology. They know how to manipulate people. Yes, and I feel very foolish that I was duped into this when I look back. At the time, I saw this spreadsheet. Wow, these investments they told me to do, look at them now. These inv- Wow, look at them grow, grow, grow. And no way. Uh, like They disappeared one day after about a year. They disappeared. Completely disappeared. You I went tried. back online, yeah. The next morning, I went back online like I usually do every morning for a few uh, minutes, less than half an hour, and to do more uh, moving around the money and all this to see it grow. 
and the website was gone. Completely gone. Completely gone. Nothing there. Disconnected. And you tried emailing them, I presume. You tried calling them. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. How, how much money was at stake at the end after all of this, you know, week after week and more money, more money, more money? Six figures. Six figures. How did you pay them? Was it credit card, wire transfer, combination? It was a combination. It was about, I would say, 50-50 almost. 50% credit cards, 50% wire transfer. After the credit card investments, at first, they kept saying, they kept, well, you know what? We should switch over to wire transfers. And so I switched over to wire transfers. How long did this go on? About, almost a year, 12 months. 12 months. Almost 12 months, and then uh, they disappeared. You know, all, all of a sudden, they're, they're gone. What, ha- what, can, what happened next? What, what did you do? I looked for money retrieval. I found chargeback, and I got in touch with chargeback. And within a very short time, two of the three credit cards I used, I got 100% reimbursement. Chargeback did that for me. And that was a big chunk of my money. That was about 40% of the investment I made was with chargeback credit card. They got that back for me. 100% of the two of the three cards. Uh, it's the wire transfers are still being done by chargeback and their lawyers. And the two banks, the one in Asia and the one in uh, Europe, Eastern Europe, uh, they're trying to get back the other half of my investment. Those banks that you're referring to, of course, are the banks that uh, investment firm or supposed investment firm was dealing with, not your own banks. Your not own banks. Own, no, not my own bank at all. Your own bank is in Canada. Yes. You know, many of our clients have told me that because they had lost a substantial amount of money or they were realizing in the process of realizing they had lost a, a substantial amount of money due to a complex transaction dispute, that they were initially he- hesitant about contacting anybody uh, to talk to, let alone a, a company like my chargeback that they didn't know beforehand. And Whenever I speak to them, I tell them, you know, we don't blame you for being hesitant. We welcome you. We welcome questions that you may have because we encourage consumers anytime the subject of their money is is at stake. We recommend, we suggest, we urge you, ask questions. Were you also hesitant? I mean, you, you said that you looked online and you found us, you contacted us. Was there any hesitancy on your part? There was because of embarrassment. I was shocked that I couldn't get a hold of them. I was shocked that I would potentially lose all my money. I was hoping it was a glitch temporarily. I tried again the next day, same thing. They're not there. But then with chargeback, I was hesitant to get a hold of someone like chargeback or make anyone aware of it because um, I'm supposed to be smart. And it was a very, very dumb thing that I did. Yeah, well, a lot of people tell me that. It's, that's kind of like a standard, uh, standard reaction when, when something like this happens. But the fact is, is that you're not a dumb person and you're someone who, who understands psychology. But I think what the, the lesson is, is that these guys are professionals. These are professional criminals. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly how to do it. And it's almost like it's mesmerizing. Yes. And, I, and it wasn't because of greed on my part. It was because I, it was of need more than greed. I wanted to maximize uh, a small a part of money that I had in order to help my wife. So 
it wasn't greed. I mean, it would be lovely to have more money. That's great. I, I would never say no to more money, but I just needed at that point. And then I felt really, really betrayed since they knew my situation and I felt really betrayed. So you knew right from the start that these guys were criminals. Uh, when the thing went down, yes. When the website went down, yes. I figured they were criminals and I was duped. Right. So you came to us and what kind of strategy did we come up with to address your disputes? What what exactly did we do? We prepared, obviously, we prepared a chargeback request that was submitted to your bank. Yes, actually, you guys prepared multiple pages on documents showing that this kind of scam was not really a credit card transaction with a reputable company. And that it was at least 12 pages of one document that you guys put together to show them historically in England and in Canada and the States uh, how these companies work. And immediately the two of the three credit card companies agreed with chargeback and reimbursed me without hesitation after 30 days, 100% of the charge on the credit card. So your bank was quite cooperative with you. Yes, the bank, my bank was cooperative. The credit card banks uh, were cooperative with chargeback. And um, one of your colleagues, Ellie, he really, um, we had a three-way conversation with each credit card company. And uh, he basically showed them um, clearly how this was a fraudulent transaction. Even though a year had gone by, because most transactions... Uh, for credit cards are only uh, good for about 30 days or maybe 60 days. I'm not sure the details. But chargeback through Ellie was able to convince the bank legally that it every time I invested, it was a new transaction that and therefore reimbursed me. Yeah, that's a very important point that you're bringing up because the rules for determining the deadlines that the credit card networks impose on cardholders who wish to apply for chargebacks are very complicated. And uh, it's almost a maze. It's, um, you really have to know the rules backwards and forwards in order to even figure out when the deadline begins, when the deadline ends. And in, in your case, and in and many other cases like yours, uh, it you have much more time than the bank might otherwise assume. So that's a very right. important point. Even some of the people that chargeback talked to on the bank side didn't know all the details of these deadlines and chargeback brought it to their attention and showed them paragraph this, clause that, and they all see, okay, yeah, they, they saw it. They saw the MasterCard and the uh, Visa card regulations on this. And a lot of them were not, uh, they're only up to, they're only saying, oh yeah, you know, 30 days, too bad. Uh, right. But no, a chargeback showed them very clearly in their own manual, their rules, and they agreed. And that's why I was happy with chargeback's uh, results on my credit card side. Yeah, these chargeback guidelines uh, are extraordinarily extensive and they, they, they can uh, reach uh, 800, 900, even 1,000 pages in, in length, all of the updates that um, are issued as uh, many as several times a year. And, you know, this is not the type of reading that you want to bring home, you know, as you're lying in bed, ready to go to sleep. It's not bedtime reading. It's very thick. It's 
complicated. It's legalistic. And, you know, I don't blame anybody in a bank who doesn't have to uh, read this stuff and, and try to memorize this stuff. So there's always... It's always important to, before uh, you speak with your bank, to refer back to these very complicated legalistic documents and, and know that um, what to refer to. Uh, so, so there were no complications with your bank afterwards. You know, some people tell us that, well, you know, I'm, I'm afraid my bank might uh, take um, some sort of action against me if I apply for a chargeback or I won't get the same service from them as I did before it. You didn't experience anything like that? No. Only one of the three credit card companies dragged it on, dragged it on, dragged it on, and then eventually said no. And I went to two appellate uh, bureaus after that, and um, I lost in those two appellate bureaus. But chargeback was there by my side the whole time. And you shouldn't have lost, but... Like, no, I shouldn't. The banks... Their fault. They didn't really go after the... Uh, they didn't go after... They didn't follow their guidelines. Yeah, and the, but unfortunately, the banks have the, the last word, and, and there's probably no alternative to that, but they, they have the last word. And that's why we, we tell our customers that you know we do our best. We put 100% of our effort into your case, but ultimately, it's the banks that have the, the final determination. Correct. Now, I'm just waiting now for the bank wires, the wire transfers. Right. Which is a different, a different process, and it's a different, a different uh, waiting period, and it can be a much longer waiting period. Correct. Because um, for one very simple reason, that there are no chargebacks on wire transfers. The chargebacks are a right that is given to cardholders by the credit card companies, the credit card networks, and why bank wires are administered directly by the banks and not um, transferred through the auspices of a credit card, a credit card network. So in conclusion here, what would if you were to score us uh, zero to five? Zero to 10, what kind of score would you give us? I would definitely give chargeback a nine on 10 for the credit cards. Sorry, correction, correction. A 10 on 10 for the credit card um, retrievals. I cannot obviously rate the wire transfers right now. Sure. Because uh, that's a long process. I was told by chargeback it will take a while. But I'm sure, I'm hoping it will be a positive outcome. I was 100% pleased with the quality of service I got back from uh, Chargeback. Their communication was effective and efficient. If I needed to talk to someone, I would send an email, bang, I get an email back and, uh, or a live conversation on a phone call. So able to reach them was easy and professional. So definitely a 10 on 10. Good to hear. So one final question, I think. The statistics show that most people who face complex transaction disputes with unregulated brokerages, like you did, most people in your shoes accept their losses and they don't seek any professional assistance or professional intervention. There are many reasons why. Uh, some people assume that there's simply nothing that can be done. Others may actually believe the stories that they were told that all their deposits we're due to bad trades, and this is what happens. You know, you can lose your money on the stock market too. And probably a lot of people are, as, as you mentioned, were too upset or embarrassed to seek out assistance. What advice would you give people who are now in the shoes you are in? I would definitely say go through that process for a few minutes or maybe a day 
you know, uh, that uh, denial that, oh, nothing can be done or I'm embarrassed or I'm too stupid. Go, you can go through that process. But after a few hours or a day or two, you should contact someone who's professional enough to work on your behalf. It's like if you had a problem legally, you'd go to a lawyer. If you had a problem medically, you'd go to a doctor. I don't know all the answers in these investment uh, situations. I don't know. I just trusted somebody. Now I went to a professional like Chargeback, and they proved themselves to me that they're able to go through that maze of regulations, et cetera, that Visa and MasterCard has, and they're able to get me results. So I would say, okay, deny it at first, or that you nothing you can do, or you feel stupid or ashamed or whatever. But after a short period of time, look for that professional company that will help you. Good advice. We hope that uh, people will, will be listening to you. Right, because we don't want this to happen again to other people. Um, you know, we don't want this to happen to other people. These people have to be stopped. Absolutely. And it's only by taking them on and retrieving your funds that will stop them. And only by taking them on will they move on. That's right. Well, thank you, Dr. A. Uh, and thank you to our audience for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by My Chargeback, a leader in credit card consumer advocacy. We bring our expertise in complex payment disputes to the consumer's side.